Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. Now, I know that literally every week I say I'm excited for this episode, but guys, I am excited for this episode today because we landed a huge guest for the Firetime Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking with Alex Judd, who is the host of the Entree Leadership Podcast. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with Entree Leadership, it's a division of Ramsey Solutions. Now, Ramsey Solutions goes back to Dave Ramsey. It's his company. He's the finance guy that has the seven baby steps to get you out of debt and into financial security. And I'm telling you, his system can change your life. It's about living within your means, not spending more than you make, and handling your money as if you are a steward of something greater than yourself. It is a game changer. But a number of years ago, he branched out a division of his company that was focused on leadership. And through that, he launched a book, a podcast. They have a whole division of business coaching. And I've talked about the book, Entree Leadership, on this podcast before. It's something for me that's on repeat at least once a year, very often twice a year, because it's just an amazing playbook for how to run a great business. But in addition to that, the Entree Leadership Podcast is one of the top business podcasts in the world, and they have just these incredible thinkers. I mean, everybody from like Simon Sinek to Patrick Lencioni to Seth Godin, all of these business and marketing and leadership thought leaders are on this podcast. And years ago, I tell the story in the episode with Alex, but years ago, the Entree Leadership Podcast was the podcast that got me into listening to podcasts and eventually starting my own. And so I'm really excited for you guys to get to be able to share in this conversation because it's a game changer. I, I am convinced the content in this episode is something really special. And in particular, the reason I'm so excited to talk with Alex is because, number one, he was a business coach for about three years as part of the Entree Leadership team. So before he got behind the mic, he would actually work day in and day out with businesses, many of them small businesses, you know, half million dollars to two million dollars a year, working with them on overcoming obstacles, growing their profits, being better leaders, and rallying the people around them towards a common cause. He has amazing boots on the ground knowledge when it comes to what he's talking about. Now, in addition to being a business coach, Alex is a master student of the disciplines. And you're going to hear this in the interview. I mean, there are names and quotes being thrown around from Jim Collins to Patrick Lincioni to Thomas Merton to Abraham Lincoln. I mean, Alex is someone who has been a diligent student of the disciplines. And these are the disciplines of leadership of business, of management, and even of scripture. And when you listen to Alex talk, it is super clear that he has spent the time reading and thinking and processing and wrestling with the ideas that he's talking about. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this conversation. We'll circle back at the end and talk about it. But in the meantime, get out a pen and paper. You're going to want to take notes during this episode. Probably listen to it twice. Joining me from Nashville, Tennessee, is a business coach and the host of the Entree Leadership Podcast. I'm joined today by Alex Judd. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, Tim. So glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm, I'm completely honored, my friend. Oh, man. Well, I'm excited, and I think you're going to give a ton of value to our audience. So I wanted to jump in and talk about this with you because you're someone who's part of just an amazing organization in Ramsey Solutions. And like I mentioned in the intro, you work as a business coach and you've talked to a ton of people just like the folks in our audience today across the country. And not only that, but you also recently took over the Entree Leadership Podcast, which is one of the biggest podcasts 
I mean, in the country on business. I feel like your life's got to be pretty crazy now, right? Uh, crazy is an understatement right now, but uh, I'll tell you, it's honestly crazy in the best kind of ways. I, I am so beyond grateful that I get to work for the organization that I get to work for. I, it's, it's a dream job and a dream organization to say the, the least. But then to get to work with small business owners around here, we believe that small business is the backbone of the American economy. We believe that the thing that keeps this economy moving, it's not Wall Street, it is Main Street. And I have learned over the course of the past three years working with small business owners from around the country every single day, it's some of the most well-intentioned and hardworking people on the planet. Uh, it's people that understand the value of grit and resiliency, that have a figure-it-out kind of mindset, and then just do what it takes to get the job done. And so, yeah, to work with those people every single day, and then now the podcast is honestly just icing on the cake, getting to talk to some of the greatest thought leaders, business owners, business leaders, and CEOs from around the world uh, every single week. Man, living the dream to say the least right now. <laughs> yeah, man, that's so awesome. And I'm sure I'm sure this is going to be true with you as well. I talk about it a lot in my podcast is is I'm so happy to give value to the audience that's listening. But honestly, as I have these conversations, I feel so selfish. I feel like I'm getting the most out of it when you get to talk to these thought leaders. <laughs> yeah, I always tell people I I feel like I'm stealing and just eventually <laughs> someone's going to find out. It feels a little bit like I'm committing a crime. But Totally. Uh, <laughs> Super grateful for what I get to do. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, I'm excited to have you on today because Entree Leadership in particular is a book that I listen to on repeat at least once a year, usually twice a year. Now, I listen on audio because I love hearing Dave's voice with it. <laughs> yeah. it, it. It's powerful, but as I've followed your story, it sounds like you were drawn into Ramsey Solutions through the Entree Leadership podcast. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's that's 100% correct. Uh, I am a product of the product. Outside of college, I was helping run a startup in Austin, Texas. And then uh, as soon as I graduated, I ended up moving in and working with a leadership development group that was really focused on developing leaders in the marketplace, but also creating student leadership development curriculum uh, and, and teaching around kind of that topic. It's always been something that I've been incredibly interested in uh, and passionate about because I'm, I'm kind of one of those people that believes, truly believes that when a leader decides to get better, then everybody wins. And so that's what I was focused on. And that's what I was doing outside of college. And someone recommended to me the Entree Leadership Podcast. And I started listening every single Monday on my run. And I just, I connected probably the same way people connect to your podcast. I connected with the equal parts kind of motivation, but it wasn't just motivation for the sake of motivation. It was motivation for the sake of action. And it was things that I could do and things that I could act upon. So I would listen on Monday and immediately take action on Tuesday. 100%. And it's crazy. I remember where I was standing. I was on a run and I was at a red light and I was re- I remember where I was standing, the street corner I was standing at when I thought to myself, that would be a cool place to work one day, <laughs> uh, which is insane. And I wasn't even thinking at that time about, man, maybe one day I could be the host of this podcast that reaches millions of people a year. I was just thinking maybe I could go work as part of that team. Uh, eventually applied and literally said in the interview process, uh, <laughs> I will sweep the floors if it means getting to be a part of this team. And they didn't need anyone to sweep the floors at that time, but uh, I got a job nonetheless and uh, been here for three years now. Oh man, that's so cool. You know, it's funny you talk about being on a run. I, I think the first time that I can remember listening to Entree Leadership, I was at Black Butte Ranch in Central Oregon on a run. And I remember listening to an episode with Ken Coleman and Donald Miller. And that was about four... I think about four years ago, same thing. It's funny. <laughs> That's right. So what we're saying is that if you're listening to this right now and you're not running, <laughs> you right. need to start lacing up your shoes ASAP so you can be out the door by the time this episode ends. That's right. That's right. Now, one thing I want to ask you, Alex, for people in our audience that this concept is new to them, we've been talking a lot about entree leadership. Can you define what an entree leader is? Yeah. 
the term and the concept came really just like everything else we teach here out of our experience as a business and as an organization and out of Dave's experience as our business owner. So Dave yeah. Ramsey, many know his story. He's now the third most listened to radio show host in the country, uh, 16 million listeners a week. But more than that, he is the CEO of our 900-person, $200 million organization that is built entirely on cash, zero debt in the business. And he's grown this thing from day one. And it was around, I believe when he had around uh, 12 people that he started to realize, okay, I can no longer individually mentor all the people that I'm needing to be led in this organization. And so he started to realize the thing that every small business at some stage starts to recognize is the need to develop and grow people to make decisions on their own. And so he said, okay, well, maybe I just, I I need a leadership development course. Maybe that's what I need for people here on board. And he started to think about it and he took management classes in college and we've all had those management classes or read management books and it just feels like, ugh, like I don't just want managers. That feels stale. That feels old. That kind of feels like, and it's a total contextual thing, but that feels like a boss, right? That is someone that that just like so often the word leader is misused and abused. Yeah. So he said, I want to make sure that we correct for the way so much of culture abuses leadership today. And so he said, so maybe I want a team of entrepreneurs uh, because I'm super entrepreneurial. I have new ideas all the time. I want to start new stuff. I want to run hard at things. And so uh, he said, but okay, but if you just have a bunch of mavericks, a bunch of renegades, a bunch of go-getters, a bunch of entrepreneurs, then number one, you're not going to keep a team for more than 10 days. And every time someone takes a shower, goes on a run or gets in their truck, they're going to have a new business model for what we're doing <laughs> next. And so he said, okay, we can't have just entrepreneurs, but I want something more than just leaders. We want the passion of the entrepreneur mixed with the polish of the leader. And in Tennessee, we combine a word together whenever there's not one that means what we want. <laughs> yeah. So he said entree leadership. And so that's that's what it is. It's, it's uh, leading in such a way to cause a venture to grow and prosper. And that's what we live here in our organization. But then that's also the model of leadership that we teach to organizations around the country. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that we all know people that exemplify that. And frankly, there's not many of them, but but we can think of someone that does that, that's got the passion of an entrepreneur, but I like that, the polish of a leader. And, and honestly, I think like the discipline of a leader as an entrepreneur, it's easy to have shiny object syndrome and it's easy to chase everything and not worry about the dead bodies that you're leaving behind. A leader's got to take responsibility for their actions. And I think it's a, it's a really good and intentional combination of those words. So, what I've loved about the Entree Leadership book, now it's a, it's a book, it's a podcast, and it's an organization. I don't know if you guys will you know come out with like a cereal box next, but <laughs> with the Entree Leadership concept, you guys have unrolled the playbook that Ramsey Solutions uses. That's why I listen to this book on repeat every year, and it seems to me like one of the cornerstones of rallying Entree Leaders to your cause and into your business is A, having a vision, and B, being able to communicate that. And that sounds really simple, but I want to ask you, how does having a vision and being able to clearly communicate it play into rallying people to follow you? Uh, I mean, I I think it's everything, or at least it's the start of everything. Proverbs uh, 28 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And regardless of what you believe, it's always funny to me that people say the Bible isn't clear. It's like that literally says, if you don't have vision, you're, you're going to die, right? Totally. Like, I don't know how much clear that could get. But there's a great version of that verse. Uh, it's the message version, the message 100%. translation that says, when people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, then they will be most blessed. And I love that because I've been in stages in my life and I've worked for organizations in the past that lacked vision. And so as a result, people were stumbling all over themselves. I mean, it was falling apart. And we've all been there before. We've all been a part of something that lacks vision and it makes everyone paranoid. It makes everyone insecure. It creates immeasurement, irrelevance, anonymity. Those are the things that Pat Lencioni says are the three signs of a miserable job. And if you have a lack of vision, you have immeasurement, irrelevance, and anonymity because there's nothing to connect to that's bigger than you, right? Conversely, 
And that's the great part of that verse. But when they attend to what he reveals, I used to have this idea that vision is this thing that uh, you go in with a whiteboard and a turtleneck and a, a sip <laughs> of espresso and you just dream of vision. It's like, that's not what vision is. Vision is being about the business of what is right in front of you and the direction that you are supposed to be going. And then extrapolating that to the long term and acting today in context of what you want to do over the course of the next three, five, ten years. And so once you get that vision, then you can do what Jim Collins calls a BHAG, establish a big, hairy, audacious goal, which is just a three- to five-year goal that is 50 to 70% achievable. And this is what I want to tell your audience is if you are a small mom-and-pop shop with five team members – or you're a multi-million, multi-billion dollar organization with thousands of team members, think of the power of identifying a metric that is not the only metric, but it is a metric that you say, man, we are going to point all our guns at this metric. It's a three to five year goal that is 50 to 70% achievable. People do amazing things whenever you give them clarity, focus, and direction. And if you can give your team members clarity and focus and direction of this is where we are going, a vision, then, man, results almost across the board go up. And it also gets really clear really quick who doesn't belong on the bus, which makes your job a whole lot easier. Oh, man, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think that that's a record. We brought Eugene Peterson and Jim Collins into the same conversation. I love that. <laughs> that's, so, yeah, that's right. But, but it's so true. So you said clarity, focus, and direction. And I don't think you could be more dead on because – Clarity tells people, this is where we're going. Focus says, don't take your eyes off the prize. This is where we're going. And direction says, here's how you get to where we just said we're going. And it sounds overly simple, but one of the biggest things that I've learned is I manage multiple showrooms and I, I do marketing for our company is that less is more. You know, if, if, you, if you try to do 10 things at the same time, you can't do it. And simplifying and being just radically clear, it's amazing how that actually rallies people to your cause. Because if people aren't clear on what the vision is, they get frustrated and burnt out because there's all kinds of expectations that are expected of them and that they, they don't realize there's all kinds of frustrations that have never been communicated. I think that's dead on. Yeah, what you said is so true. I I told myself this the other day because this is a reminder that I constantly have to give myself from a personal development perspective, but also from a leadership perspective. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of simple. Right. There is there is so much power in simplicity. That's why, I mean, before we started this, I got so hyped up. I, I could barely say sitting down whenever you were telling me about what you do, because what <laughs> you do for organizations around the country is you simplify, right? You make things easier for their customers yep. to get their customers from where they are without a fireplace to where they want to be. There's so many steps in between there, and you just take and simplify all those steps. Dude, that is so powerful. Pat Lencioni talks about uh Man, we're giving Pat Lencioni a lot of shout-outs today, <laughs> which he deserves every single one of them. That guy's the deal. But yeah. he talks about the sophistication bias in his book, mm. The Advantage. And so often we assume that because something is not complex or academic or intellectual astounding, that means that it's wrong. Yeah. And and I've learned that that is not the case. A lot of times, just because something simple is simple means that it has way more depth than ever you realize. Also, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy, but also that means that it's probably right. Yeah. And so never underestimate the power of simple. I'm with you. That's great. Well, so here's a question I have for you. So we've talked about in order to rally entree leaders to your cause and have people on the bus that want to follow you, you got to number one, have a clear vision and number two, be able to communicate that really clearly. And at some point, transparency has got to come into play. And I want to ask you as a, as a leader in a company, how much transparency should you show? What role does transparency have in communicating this vision to rally people to the cause? Yeah, well, I think with regard to communicating a vision or certainly those those cultural core items, I believe every organization thrives when they can answer three questions. Question number one is why do we exist? Question number two is where are we going? That's the vision piece that we talked about. Yeah. And then question number three is what do we stand for? 
Why do we exist? Where are we going? What do we stand for? With regard to the answers to those three questions, there should be a hundred percent transparency. Yeah. Right now, if you're figuring out those things and you're still trying to identify those things for that season, I understand if you need to really, really be kind of internally focused and make sure you've got the right people in the room to focus. on. But once you've decided on those things, there are no secrets with regard to why do we exist? Where are we going? And what do we stand for? Because again, that's what gets everyone on the same page. Now, with regard to how those three questions, the answers to those three questions play out, that's where this question of transparency often comes up is because, I mean, we've all heard the whole thing of like, we all like sausage until you see how it's made, right? (laughs) And, And like, it's really great to talk about our mission and our vision and our values, but at the end of the day, we are imperfect people working with imperfect people in imperfect situations trying to achieve excellent goals. So we we believe around here that people should have the level of information that is necessary proportional to the job that they are called to do and proportional to the things that they are responsible for. So here's the deal. Where I am at in our organization I don't need to have a line item by line item expense sheet of what we are spending money on here in the organization, not because they don't trust me with it, but because I don't need it to do my job exceptionally well, and I don't need it with regard to the things that I am responsible for. Now, our VP of our business unit, that their their P&L directly affects the larger picture P&L and the larger picture P&L directly affects the decisions that they are making, they better have visibility yeah. into line item by line item because they are responsible for those things. Yeah. And so that, I think that's a good example to show that transparency should kind of have this cascading effect with regard to a person's responsibility, and it should kind of rise and fall proportional to those things. Am I telling you to be keep secrets? No, absolutely not. But there's no reason to talk to people about things that that they can't do anything with, right? If they totally. can't act on the information that you're giving them, then it's not going to be super helpful. If there are ever questions, there is a culture of open communication here, and we're willing to talk about anything. But the final thing I would say on that is that that model is predicated on one massive foundation, and the foundation is trust. We believe that businesses move at the speed of trust. If you don't trust each other, that model falls in on itself. If you trust each other and are moving in the same direction, especially with regard to those three questions we talked about, then everyone can move forward together and that model works well because that model is practical. Yeah, that's so awesome. And you know, one of the things that I, I really took away from Entree Leadership is Dave talks about if you're not sure how much you should share as a leader, you're on the fence about it, share it. Because it's it's yes. way easier to to go back and, and to say, you know what, I was a little overly transparent here and I do that because I trust you. Can you please keep this information to yourself than to keep people in the dark? And like the truth is if they're your team members, they should be able to be trusted. And I think what you said is perfect in that it really has to do with what's their responsibility in the company. And it's not that we don't trust you, it's that, well, this isn't relevant to your job and it's going to distract you. But if you want to ask questions, we can talk to you about that. One of the things in our company has been interesting is we're, I mean, overly transparent with numbers and profitability and everything like that. And I would actually say not everyone in our company can handle the transparency because they don't think about their job as a business owner. And so you got to be careful with transparency, but I, I think it's, I think when in doubt, it's probably a little bit better to overshare than to hold back information that would be relevant to someone performing better. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I think a, a lot of the cascade idea that we were talking about too deals with personal issues, not just financial issues, yeah. right? It, th- there was, pr- our organization is big enough now, right? We're in the, we're 900 people. I would assume, I'm not positive, but I would assume in the past three months, there is someone in the organization that got fired that I don't know about, Yeah. right? And uh, that's not a down on the organization. It's not a down on me. It's just like if they called a 900-person staff meeting every time someone had to be let go for performance (laughs) issues or for attitude issues or for culture fit, or sometimes people move on for different opportunities, we wouldn't be able to help people. 
Yeah. Right. And that's why we exist is to help people that aren't in this building. And yep. so I, I think whenever we talk about cascading information, it's like it wasn't relevant for me to do my job. Now, if there's someone that is on my team that is being let go or that that is moving on to a different opportunity, you better believe before they tell anyone else, they're going to get our team together and we're going to have a conversation about it because I am directly responsible for and affected by that. We'll be back with the rest of our interview with Alex Judd in just one minute. Hey, if you've been listening to this podcast for the last few weeks, you know that we have a free video course at yourwebsiteisleakingmoney.com. Now, that name's intentional because the truth is that most companies in our industry are wasting thousands and thousands of marketing dollars every year because their marketing might be effective, but the first place a customer goes is to their website. And if your website is not set up to engage customers and connect them with your brand, they're going to hit the back button and buy elsewhere. And there's nothing worse than people buying from your competitor because of the marketing dollars that you spent. So to dive into this, one of the main reasons that your website is leaking money is because your website isn't scheduling in-home appointments for your sales team. Now, this is a really big deal. Customers that come to your website, once they understand what will work for them and they have a rough budget number, they want someone out of their house. And a lot of dealers get really nervous about this. They say, I can't go out to a house, right? The customer may not be qualified. There's too much of a chance I could lose it. Guys, I'm telling you that when we go out for in-home visits, over the last number of years, we close at over 70%. That's seven zero. If you have qualified a customer on the price range of their project, get out to their house. They want to buy from you and your website needs to be scheduling those appointments. Now, I created a free video series that goes through three reasons that your website is leaking money and it gives you the steps that you need to take to patch those holes so that your marketing dollars can work for you. To get access to that totally free, go to yourwebsiteisleakingmoney.com. That's your website is leakingmoney.com. Stop wasting marketing dollars and sending people to your competitors' websites. Instead, patch the holes in your own website. Connect with buyers who want to do business with you and sell more fireplaces than ever before. Well, so here's a question I want to ask you then, and I think that it piggybacks. We started talking about vision, and that led into transparency. And next, I want to talk about alignment. I feel like alignment is one of those things that is so critical. And a company can have a lot of good ideas. There can be a lot of opportunities you want to pursue. But if you are not aligned together, you've got nothing. You know, I think a wise man a couple thousand years ago said that a house divided cannot stand. Mm. And so I want to ask you, how does alignment play into businesses because folks listening to this could be a small mom and pop doing you know a million million and a half bucks a year or there's also giant manufacturers listening to this that are half billion dollar companies and alignment is just as critical in all those situations what does alignment look like in your company and how do you keep people on the same page yeah that's a great thought, and I, I love that you referenced a Bible verse that was later an Abraham Lincoln quote, because <laughs> Abraham Lincoln is one of my uh, go-to role models. If I could have dinner with anyone, I think he would be the guy. There you go. Jim Collins says that leadership is 1% vision and 99% alignment. Hmm. Uh it's so interesting that probably 90% of leadership books, articles, videos are on the topic of vision. And there's so little talked about alignment because alignment is not nearly as sexy, yeah. right? We can talk about casting a grand vision and rallying people around so that you can unleash the potential in others and go take down that summit and sun, and climb that mountain. But uh, I I climb mountains. I do 14ers and you don't, you don't teleport to the summit, right? There's this spot where you're on mile eight yeah. climbing uphill and you're like, are we even sure we want to be doing this anymore? And boy, if that happens with me as an individual, I guarantee you in an organization of 5, 10, 50, or 500 people, everyone has their individual moment where they forget the direction they're going, why they're doing it, or what the organization stands for. It lacks alignment. Yeah. And so I, I think it is an ingenious question because I think alignment is the secret sauce that so many leaders miss out on is systematizing and 
and operationalizing that alignment focus. Clay Scroggins says a lot of times it's not the best idea that wins. It's the one that everyone gets behind. Yeah. And I think that that's what alignment is. It's it's getting everyone behind the vision. So we established the vision. Now we're going to get everyone behind it. And then we have to keep everyone behind it. Yeah. And that is the hard work. And I think the only antidote for the cancer that is distraction or deviation from a common vision is over-communication. Yes. Right. You have to over-communicate to the point where people could mimic you. They could stand up and do a parody of you as a leader saying, hey, here's why we exist. Here's where we're going. Here's what we stand for. Here's why we exist, where we're going, what we stand for, why we exist, where we're going, what we stand for. As the leader, your responsibility but also your opportunity is to be the chief repeating officer. And you have to say it over and over and over again to the point where you start to annoy yourself and then you say it just a little bit more because that is what most organizations will never do and that's why most organizations do not achieve an elite level of both productivity and team member engagement. There's a lot of organizations out there that are productive but lack engagement. There's a lot of organizations out there that have team member engagement, but it's because everyone's being lazy and they're not being productive. If you you want both, one of your core responsibilities, and I would even say it has to be one of your top three priorities as a leader, has to be that topic of alignment. Oh, man, that's so good. And I think that as leaders, we get really excited about vision, about where we can go with the future. Alignment sucks. Because it is like, it does, because it is the hard work that you have to do day in and day out, repeating yourself more than you want to, having meetings to clarify vision, to remind people about where, what, what they're supposed to do. But I think, that, I think that that is actually the work of a leader. The work of a leader is not being the smartest person in the room, but keeping everybody focused, rallied, and inspired towards the goal at hand. And if you don't have alignment, you're not going to be able to grow your business. And it's, uh, it's messy. And, and yeah. just, just because it's messy doesn't mean it's wrong. I, I think that's one of the things that I've learned about this term entree leadership is there is a natural tension that is the result of that term. Right, yeah. because the it's like two it's like two angels on your shoulder, right? The entrepreneurial angel is saying, "Just yep. go, start something new. Let's create. Yep. Let's envision. Yep. Let's let's have an idea." And then the leader is saying, "Be loyal. Be humble. Be patient. Get everyone on board. Keep everyone aligned." And it's like they're arguing. You can see which one I lean into more. Totally, right? totally. Uh, but but they're constantly at war with each other, and that's not wrong. What we want to make sure is we don't want to avoid the tension. We want to manage that tension. And the leaders that do this exceptionally well are the ones that learn how to walk that tightrope of I, I can't be stale, right, and, and and I can't not move things forward. But at the same time, I have to respect people, process, and purpose enough to keep everyone aligned where we are. That's so good. And and this is going back to Pat Lincioni again. One of the last times that he was on your podcast, he was talking about meetings. And he said that for a leader, he basically said the most important part of your job is how you schedule and prepare for meetings with your team, because that is the only focused shot you have at getting all of your team around a cause and rallying them. Everything else is individual, one-on-one, and that's totally fine, but meetings are where you're worth your weight in gold. A lot of companies in our industry actually don't have meetings, and and I've found personally that just having a cadence of regular meetings, whether you're a giant company or whether it's just three people in your team or department, is the way to get alignment. What would you say to a business that wants to get aligned, they want to rally entree leaders, they want to communicate vision, but they've never done meetings? Where would you start? Yeah, I think the word you used is absolutely correct. The word is cadence, right? We all we all get the idea of meetings and we can all get behind meetings, but, but what we don't get is a cadence of meetings because a cadence implies rhythm, it com- implies consistency, and it implies over time. And and lots yeah. of us, especially if we're entrepreneurial in nature, are not good at rhythm consistency over time. Oh right? man. But but that is that really is alignment in action. Now I will agree with you that meetings are the highest and greatest use of a leader's time if they are doing them right. 
Uh, and, (laughs) and, And that is a massive if. Because we have all wasted more time in meetings than we care to admit. And the reason why is because they were poorly led. The, yeah. the effectiveness of meetings in your organization will rise and fall on leadership. Make yeah. no mistake. And so if I go to a meeting that I am responsible for, that I created the invite for, or that I got everyone in the room, I have to look myself in the mirror and saying, I am ruthlessly responsible for the outcome of this meeting. If we yep. all leave on the same page, it will be because I created an environment in which that could occur. But if we all leave scattered and feeling like that was a waste of time and feeling like we're lazy, then either I had the wrong people in the room or I didn't have an agenda or I wasn't focused or I didn't prepare. But as the leader, it is my responsibility to get people on the same page through the vehicle of meetings. I think with regard to like the rhythm that people should have in their organization, yeah. I think sometimes we can jump to a solution. And I do this sometimes uh, from a coach and I have to slap myself because it's like not everyone is in my context. So I, I am in the context of a 900-person organization, meaning there are certain rhythms we should have in place. It may look different for a 10-person organization, but what I've learned is that there are a set of outcomes that we should all be achieving through our meeting schedule. So whether you do them weekly, monthly, or quarterly, really what I would say is that the outcomes that you should be achieving through your meetings is number one, reinforce the culture of the organization. Your meeting, your meeting cadence should regularly reinforce the culture. That's number one. Number two is provide opportunities for growth and development right? Uh, So give people the opportunity to move forward. The number one reason why lots of people leave organizations is because they feel there's no clear path for moving forward in the organization. And that's not necessarily promotion. If you're a small organization that you don't have the structure or the hierarchy right now to promote people, growth does not equal promotion. What people are looking for in growth is a path for them to unleash their potential in new ways. And you need to have meetings around that exact topic, development opportunities. So we're going to reinforce the culture. We're going to provide opportunities for growth and development. And then we're going to create an environment where accountability and improvement dialogue can take place. So a lot of times this is with teams that share the same practices, right? I have a meeting with the podcast team. I have a meeting with our coaching team. And we sit down, we talk about best practices. We talk about what we did. We talk about what we're doing moving forward. And it's just that dialogue opportunity. A lot of times if you use a framework like a scoreboard or, or if you're familiar with Four Disciplines of Execution, yep. if not, that's a great book. But a framework to talk about and discuss and have a dialogue around, here's what we said we were going to do. Now, did we do it? That's a yeah. powerful meeting right there. And then the final outcome is a opportunity for consistent one-on-one communication. People in your organization need to be having one-on-one communications with the people they report to, and that occurs through meetings. So I think those four outcomes, culture, growth and development, one-on-one communication, and then accountability and improvement dialogue, those are the four outcomes. You need to make sure you can check those boxes with regard to your meeting schedule. That's awesome, man. Yeah, if you can check those boxes, I'd say that meeting was a success. So as we're rounding out here, I want to ask you this question. And this is a little bit different than where we've gone so far. Everything so far has been kind of internal to Ramsey Solutions. So you're in a position now where you host one of the biggest business podcasts in the country. And then you're talking to just amazing people. I want to ask you this. What is one thing that you find in common between the best of the best people that you interview? Hmm. That's a really good question. I, uh, there, there's, uh, I can't answer it with one, so I'm going to give you two. Um, <laughs> I think the first thing that I've noticed is, uh, number one, it's crazy that I get to talk to the people that I get to talk to. I'm, I'm <laughs> consistently – like it's the authors of my favorite books. It's, it's the business yeah. leaders that are running the organizations that are changing our country. It's crazy. But what I've learned about those individuals – is that they are very, very, very different with regard to what they do, how they communicate, what they communicate, the message that they're trying to send, the purpose that gets them out of bed uh, in the morning. But the one thing that they all have in common is that they are all experts at being themselves. Hmm. And the the people, it's almost inevitable. It's gotten to the point where I can look at, we can record the conversation, and then we'll release it a handful of weeks later. 
And based on my perceived thoughts about their authenticity in the conversation, I can predict how people are going to react and respond to it. I'm not perfect at this, but it's crazy to see how I think we live in a culture now where all of our minds, whether consciously or unconsciously, we have a really strong BS meter. Yep. And so it means we can spot a fake or, uh, or a fraud a mile away, but it also means that we respond to authenticity like it's gold. Yeah. And I think there is so much leadership horsepower in that idea as well that, man, Craig Rochelle says – People follow the leader who's always real, not the one that's always right. Yeah, wow. And, and, and I think we should all take encouragement that we need to be real, we need to be authentic, and we need to make sure that we are experts at being ourselves because that's the type of person that people will sustainably follow. And then the second thing, honestly, in every message, inevitably, in every message of the people that we get to interview, there is a core component of persistence. And hmm. it, it's just people that had dogged stick that they were not willing to give up and they just kept going whenever every circumstance and even other people said this isn't going to happen. And so now it's on all of us to define what is stupidity and what is persistence, right? Totally. But, but the success stories are always those of people who persisted just a little bit past what other people deemed was reasonable. Man, that's so good. Authenticity and persistence. I I can't argue with that. I mean, I, I do think that like there is something unique in the way that everybody was created that the world needs to see. And so often, you know, I think Thomas Merton calls it the false self that we put all of these expectations and burdens on ourselves to try to fit in or conform when the truth is there's actually something that we've been uniquely given that should be shared. Man, that's awesome. So I'm going to ask you this question as we round out. Ramsey Solutions works every single day with small businesses. And you, before you started hosting the Entree Leadership Podcast, were, and I'm assuming still are, a, a small business coach. How do you guys come alongside businesses like our audience to help them along the way? Yeah, well, it all kind of occurs within what we call a a C3 model. So we believe that real transformation, whether it's in an individual's life and their personal finances, and that's what Dave spends so much time talking about, or even in their business and in their organization occurs whenever it's paired with content and then coaching and then community. Those three things, when you have content, the truth that's spoken is in a simple and practical way about what the path forward looks like, and then coaching to hold you accountable to putting that truth, those principles into action, and then community to support, encourage, and hold you accountable along the way. That's where transformation occurs. And so that's the community that we have created online as it's called All Access And it's basically uh, business owners from around the country, typically from two to 200 team members. That's typically our sweet spot, but we've got business owners on both sides of that spectrum. We've got people that are solopreneurs. We also have people that have 500, even 1,000 people. But what we see is that if we bring those people together, and that's what All Access does, and then give them tons of content, which is Dave teaching our playbook, essentially. Uh, And then we pair them with coaching in the context of we do weekly webinars, but we where we have content like what you and I have talked about today. But then we also have mastermind groups that involves both coaching, but then it's a group of six to 10 business owners that meet together once a month to talk about, okay, here's what we're working on this quarter to move the ball forward in our business strategically, working on the business, not in the business. And then they hold each other accountable. And inevitably, if you are actually moving forward, doing things you've never done before, you're going to get out your comfort zone. And if you're yeah. out of your comfort zone, you're going to have questions. And that's where that community piece comes into play as we connect them to each other to say, hey, I've been there before. Let me tell you what worked for me. Or I'm there with you right now. Let me tell you what I'm doing right now. So that all occurs digitally. And so we've got business owners in California that are connecting to business owners in Maine. And they're working with each other. And they're all connected to coach here in Nashville, Tennessee. It is, I mean, there's thousands of them around the country right now. It's pretty remarkable. Well, I've got a friend that is part of this and he loves it. I mean, he's gotten all kinds of coaching advice and community from the Entree Leadership All Access Service. Where can someone go to take advantage of that? 
Yeah, if they go to entreeleadership.com, that's where all the information is on All Access. And, and there's phone numbers on there as well. If they want to call or they can send an email, if they have further questions, absolutely, we'd love to connect with them. We want to make sure that people qualify for the program with regard to kind of where their business at with regard to stage of business, what revenue is right now, what their plans are for where they're going. So those are conversations we love to have. If you've got folks on here that are listening, entreeleadership.com is where they can go to find more information. That's great. And you guys actually cap the whole year off every year with this crazy Entree Leadership Summit. I, I, I almost went last year and I'm kicking myself that I didn't after seeing like <laughs> Pey- Pey- Peyton Manning and you know Patrick Lincioni, all these just awesome people speaking at it. Can you, can you plug this event? I mean, this is something that's a big deal and I'm really excited to go. Yeah, truly. I think it is the world's greatest leadership event. Um, and I'm incredibly biased, but just because I'm biased doesn't mean I'm wrong. We've been doing this for a few years now. What we said is, okay, we, we went and talked to our CEO, right? Dave is still operating and leading our 900-person company, and he's still feeling the pressure of, I am the lid of this organization, And we believe that your organization grows when you do. So we asked Dave, what is the type of event that you would go to? And he just started listing the people that he would want to hear from and that he is currently learning from in their books or because he's friends with them. And then we said, okay, well, let's go get those people. (laughs) And so on our stage, we've had Condoleezza Rice. We've had Alan Mulally, the former CEO of Ford. We've had Dan Cathy, the CEO of Chick-fil-A. Gary Kelly, the CEO of Southwest Airlines. Uh, We've had Simon Sinek, the guy that wrote and talks about Start With Why. Pat Pat Lencioni is a regular. Henry Cloud. It is Truly, our goal is we're going to say, okay, who are the best minds and practitioners in leadership and business today? And then we're going to see, okay, let's put them all in the same room and then let's get a bunch of people that share our values because we know if we can create the environment where that happens, it's going to be the most powerful week. And I will tell you, seriously, our 900-person team, there is a wait list on our team for who gets to go with us to Orlando this year. That's how people get about this. People get so beyond excited about this event. Um, More than anything, because it's, it's... people that share your values, right? But then also it gives you the emotional horsepower that you're going to need six months from now, right? Because we all reach those moments throughout the year where we question why we're doing what we're doing. We question if it's worth it. We question, man, what's the next right thing to do? And inevitably every single year I get a story back from someone where someone six months down the road, and and typically it's right around this time of year because the event is in May. Yep. Six months down the road, they say, hey, I had reached the end of my line. And it wasn't because of any of the mistakes that I made necessarily. It was because of circumstance, right? I had three people leave at the same time. I had one of my people get sick. I had someone betray our company. The other day I was talking to someone that they had someone steal from their company $250,000. And they just found out about it this past week. And they said the place that they went back to mentally was sitting in that room at Entree Leadership Summit. And that gave them the emotional horsepower the persistence, which we just talked about earlier, to keep going. And so I think personally, you're going to get so many action items. You're going to get so many tools to put in your tool belt. You're going to be around some incredibly smart people. But I think there is also incredible value to just saying like, okay, I feel re-energized about why I do what I do. And I feel reinvigorated about the vision that I have for this business. Oh man, that's amazing. And just a great way to cap this off. Alex, I just want to thank you for your time on this. If you guys want to hear more of Alex, tune in to the Entree Leadership Podcast every week to listen to his insights, talking to some of the best minds around. Thanks so much for coming on board today. We appreciate it. Well, Tim, this is a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me. Holy cow. Can we just drop the mic after that conversation? I mean, seriously, I loved getting the chance to talk to Alex. And like I mentioned at the very beginning, I mean, you want to have a notepad and a pen for that episode because the things he's talking about will make a difference in your business.
As we round out here, there's a couple things that I want to circle back on and highlight. And the first one has to do with vision. Vision is so critical if you're going to be an entree leader and be someone that anybody wants to follow. And the things that he talked about when it comes to vision, I mean, clarity, focus, and direction, this is something that you got to put into practice. Clarity is something that most companies totally miss the mark on. They're trying to do a million different things and they're not clear with their people as to where they're trying to go. When you have vision, you have to be clear with your team. Next is focus. There's a million things that you could try to do, but you know what? If you're a leader, you got to pick one. You got to pick one thing and throw everything at it. That's that focus that Alex is talking about. And lastly, is direction. When you have clarity about where you're going, you show focus to eliminate the noise to stay on track. You have to give your people direction. You have to be a guide, as StoryBrand says. You got to show them the path to get there. If you can have clarity, focus, and direction, you're going to rally people around your vision in a way that not many others can. Now, after vision, you have to keep your company aligned. I love that he threw out that Jim Collins quote saying, leadership is 1% vision and 99% alignment. Anyone who manages or leads people can testify to this. If your people are not aligned, you don't have anything. And as a leader, I mean, like I said in the interview, alignment sucks. It's the boring, hard work of repeating yourself over and over and over again to rally people towards the cause. This is not glorious. Like I said, this work sucks, but this is what leadership is. It's the mundane, boring, painful work of keeping your team on the same page as they move towards the goal at hand. Now, the way that we closed the interview, I thought was tremendous. I think that Alex gave us just some amazing insight into what it is that separates the best of the best in the people that he gets to talk to day in and day out. And, you know, number one, he said that they are all experts at being themselves. And this is critical. I mean, I'm convinced that every single one of us has been uniquely made with a gift that's meant for the world. One of the biggest parts of the journey of life is peeling back the false self, as Thomas Merton calls it, to discover our true identity. You know, This takes self-awareness, and self-awareness is frankly something that a lot of people do not have. Ian Morgan Cron is an expert on helping people discover self-awareness, and he says that every day that you wake up, there's two questions you have to wrestle with. Number one, why is there something out of nothing? And number two, who is it that I really am? One of my favorite songs is by a punk band called Saves the Day, and they've got a track that's called See You. There's an amazing line in it about self-awareness where he's speaking rhetorically and he says, you want to know who I really am? (laughs) Yes, so do I. When you meet someone who has no delusions about who they are and what they're trying to do, it's inspiring and intimidating. There's not many people like that. Be one of them. Lastly, Alex talked about how the best of the best in the people that he talks to had a dogged stick-to-itiveness. There was a persistence to what they did. Now, this is why self-awareness is so critical, and I love that he talked about self-awareness and knowing who they were before persistence, because if you don't know who you are and you live in a world of delusion, persistence will run you off a cliff and ruin your life. But once you know who you are and you show a dogged stick-to-itiveness, it's amazing what gets accomplished. Many people in life act like cogs in a wheel, and as soon as they encounter resistance, they give up. It is the few who show persistence to get up again and again and again that become the people who change the world. Now, I know that this has been a long episode, and I'm thankful to you guys for listening to the entire thing because these ideas apply to way more than just business. They really do. If you can be a person that puts these things into place, I am telling you, you will rock the world of the people who are in your sphere of influence You'll be someone that people want to follow, someone who people believe can lead them through the storm, and I'm telling you, you'll be equipped to do it. So with that in mind, I want to thank you for listening to this episode and just let you know that I am grateful for all these stories that I get to hear of you putting concepts like this in place to move the needle in your business. Thank you for listening to the Fire Time Podcast. To learn more, 
visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time.